Hello and welcome to Liberty Libations number 45. My name is Jake Green. Thank you all so much for joining me today. I am joined as semi-usual by Zane Placey and Mr. Alden Hardy. Cheers. Um, I believe, and uh, Zach Varnell is our producer in the background. Uh, Nick Soselski should be on here in a minute um, for a little while, and then Steve Hilton will be on a little bit later. Um, and once Steve gets here, we'll launch into trivia. But uh, let's see. What is some stuff we need to talk about to start this episode? Um, we had the pub crawl on saturday night alden and myself went down along with jared and zach and i don't know there how many people were there alden i mean the group that was like roaming around the city with us was like 20 strong or more and i think there was a few more to start at moon river probably 30 or so like yeah i'd, I'd say they're probably 30 30 total um so it's pretty good i mean it's a good turnout considering a lot of those people drove like multiple hours to get there yeah, I had a layover at your house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you had you had a layover. It was great. <laughs> no, but it was a good time. Um we had totally what Moon River Brewing, um mm. a speakeasy that I'd never heard of. I can't remember the name of it at this point, but yeah. And then a piano Whoa, all the what was that? disappeared for a second. A uh piano bar, right? Dually yeah. piano bar. That's what it was. Sing yeah. me a song, you're the piano man. <laughs> I'm sure Sing that was sung at some point. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I think it's the law. <laughs> it has to be. I mean, they got to end every single night with that with that song. Um, but yeah, we walked around uh, some of Savannah Squares and pointed out some spots where they were using surveillance technologies to watch citizens. Um, just mind it honestly. I always like, I know they're there, but going on the walk, I was like, wow, there are more than I even think of when they're like, oh, there's one and there's one and there's one. Yeah. And wow. Okay. There's five <laughs> like that. You see multiple angles of like me in one spot on the street. Yeah. Anyway, it was so, alarming. Once you start like actually looking for them, it, yeah. then it's like, oh crap. Like they're, they're everywhere. Yeah. Um, it gets, it gets really weird and creepy and people just don't recognize them. And people also don't think. That it's That's that part big of the thing. Of a deal. We're getting too used to it. Yeah, we're like the frog in hot water in terms of like how normal this has gotten. Yeah, yeah, it, it's not my favorite thing, but uh, yeah, that was all part of the Banish Big Brother project, anti-surveillance, and all of that. So go to banishbigbrother.com to learn more about that project. Uh, Nick, do you have the LP Georgia page um, pulled up? Anyway, you can throw that up on the screen. I see. Um, I mean, Zach, sorry. Oh, <laughs> not Nick. Nick just messaged. So I got, got a little confused. You crossed a wire there. Yeah. Yeah. I've been traveling all day today. So I'm a little, <laughs> little bit off. You're um, excused. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I, I can go now. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. On a personal oh. note, though, it was fun. What are you drinking? Yeah. Yeah. What is everybody drinking? Zane, you drinking anything? I've got a bourbon barrel aged blueberry wheat ale. That oh, is a okay. lot of words. <laughs> It's a lot of words for one beer. <laughs> it's it's definitely the fanciest you can be while still drinking beer. No kidding. No kidding. Alden, what are you drinking? Um, whiskey and Coke. Um, I'm also realizing I just want to say Jack and Coke. Whiskey and Coke just doesn't roll off the tongue the same way. Like bourbon I, and Coke. I agree. Is it Jack Leader and Coke? Leader of cola. 
It's not Jack. It's like ancient age or something. Yeah. It's the yeah. same one I had on the flask down in Savannah. <laughs> I'm drinking Curious Elixir number five from the Curious Elixir um, catalog, which is a non-alcoholic drink because not feeling all that hot today. So. Um, so how does Curious Elixir number five compare to Curious Elixirs one through four? Well, one through four are, I mean, they're all different. They're all based on different cocktails so this one's based on an old-fashioned mm. it's delicious there are like there are a few that are terrible there are a few that <laughs> taste like black licorice and like Ew. anise and, like all that crap it's mm -hmm. it, yeah some people like them um i prefer uh, there are only like two or three that i actually thoroughly enjoy yeah i don't least. like anise i prefer a nephew ah, <laughs> oh my gosh but uh Grumpy Gnome is drinking Jameson over on Rumble. Yeah. It was those... fun to meet him and hang out. That was fun. Yeah. It was cool to like put faces with names. Like right, my yeah. ice just like, I don't know if anyone heard that. My ice just we exploded. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it is not. Cause you haven't, uh, you haven't really met much of the people in LP Georgia. So mm -mm. you got to put a lot of names to faces. Yeah. Um, no, so. it was, it was worth it. Even just for that. It was like three yeah. layers deep of like worth it factor. Nice. to meet people and like um get like more you know acquainted and involved in the party then the whole actual mission meet chase was cool and then actually a fourth one just being back in savannah just because that was our old stomping grounds so yeah i mean that was a blast that was a it was fun freaking blast okay uh zach let's pull up lbgeorgia.com real quick if you have any questions about the Libertarian Party of Georgia, if you want to get involved with the party, if you just want to talk to somebody, go to lpgeorgia.com to learn all about it. You can get in contact with us there. If you want to contact me specifically, podcast at lpgeorgia.com. I never check it, but you can email. <laughs> <laughs> oh, welcome to the stage, Mr. Nick Soselski. How you doing, dude? How's it going? Good. Uh, you know, I've been better. I've been stressed out. So, well, crazy stuff. Time, going time on. to de-stress, yeah. man. Time to de-stress. Drink a libation. Meeting. I know. Well, just show up drunk for nerd meeting, and that'll, that'll help your stress level. <laughs> <laughs> um, Zach is pulling up the 2024 LP Georgia convention page. It is on January 26th through the 28th. Um, it is at the VFW in Conyers, Georgia. Ticket prices are available now. Our tickets are available now. Early bird until October 30th. What is that? I can't. 62 bucks. Mm -hmm. That says. And then yep. seven, there we go. 70, <laughs> 75 from October 30th to December 6th. And then late is 85 um, December 6th till the day of. So get your tickets now if you plan on going. Um, I'd encourage anybody who's in the Libertarian Party um, to go to the convention and make your voice heard. <laughs> um, last year, we had what was called the Great Create. We kind of merged it with, we kind of merged a convention with a festival, I guess. And it was a blast. And then the year before that was just a regular convention in January, which was also a great time. We had a a lot of great people um, working booze. We had a lot of booze up there. Um, we had free legal and not so legal things spread <laughs> spread out <laughs> for anybody to partake. Um, yeah. So if, if you're interested in coming to, to the convention, um, 
there's a lot going on and we'll we'll talk about it more uh-oh grumpy says that uh, rumble was lagging bad hmm interesting Streamyard Streamyard might not be the uh, go-to, especially with my dadgum lag myself. Okay. Uh, yeah. Work in progress. Work in progress. All right. Well, let's pull up the first story, Zach. Actually, this is a story that is not in the title. I realized how little prep I had done for the show this week when I realized I had no idea what the topics were until I saw the title card. <laughs> so all of my brilliant commentary tonight, right off the dome. Uh, <laughs> all right. So the reason I brought this up, brought this up is because I had a conversation with a Ukrainian friend, acquaintance of mine um, that did not go well after my latest post on Instagram. So um, mm. let's talk about this for a second, then we'll dive into that. So Russia, Ukraine war, British PM urges West to equip Ukraine to quote, finish the job. Um, then Ukrainian journalists reported missing as it happened. I don't really know anything about that, but um, the British prime minister is urging us to continue to equip Ukraine to quote, finish the job, which who here is actually sold that the job is is being done well and that we're on the brink of actually or finishing? near finishing at all? Yeah, because every every skirmish and war in history is is like basically like Grenada and it ends in two days, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 weird that they're trying to propagandize us into believing that Russia is like turning tail and running and heavily losing this war when. If you've done any research or done like followed people that aren't in the corporate press, uh, the casualties and the losses are not nearly as bad for the Russians um, as they are for the Ukrainians. Mm. And um, yeah, I mean, kind of like what everyone said going into this, though. The warning mean? going into this was that it's like poking the bear, and that Russia just mm. has like infinite resources, and it's going to end poorly for someone going against Russia. I don't know. This is just no, that's, not that's, a surprise. Yeah, no, it's not a surprise. I mean, I know that Russia started out not putting all of their forces into war. And they had like some, something like close to a million people just waiting. Yeah. Um, and now I think they're starting to send those in waves. So I don't know, man. It, it, none of this seems legit. I don't think it's going to end um, anytime soon unless... Nobody really forces these two countries to get together and have peace talks. But something. So if the goal, if the goal here is, in fact, not to help Ukraine, but to just use Ukraine as a tool to try to, you know, bleed the Russians, which yeah. you know, multiple top U.S. officials have come out and said that that's what we're trying to do here. Yeah. Then perhaps the job is actually being done quite well. Uh, but that's not the pitch that's being made to the American people, and that's obviously right. a terrible way of treating the Ukrainians. I yes. would be interested to know how many of them would you know want to really continue this fight over two, you know, Ukrainian territories that, you know, when they had a referendum in 2014 of those people, if they actually wanted to to join Russia or stay part of Ukraine, they voted overwhelmingly to join Russia and Putin said, no, we don't want you. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is interesting. I know. So 
the whole reason that this this came up was I posted I reposted a Libertarian National Party post that they did on Instagram, which just basically said uh, no more money or not one more dollar or something like that, not one more cent um, with the Ukrainian flag as the color scheme. And I posted that and this guy reached out to me and told me to take it down, first of all, to delete the post and delete uh, your account. <laughs> he said yeah, I was, you're not allowed to have that thought. He said I was looking stupid. Um, and most of his arguments were extremely emotional um, and like emotion driven rather mm -hmm. than anything based in logic. Not one more cent. There it is. Um, not one more cent cent. <laughs> There we go. You missed a golden opportunity. <laughs> um, and so the the one interesting point that I thought we could talk about is one he claimed, which I did no research on this, so I could, didn't have an argument for it, that mm. we basically talked Ukraine out of either giving up their nuclear weapons or ending their nuclear program with us promising that we will defend them which I don't remember ever hearing or reading about or anything like that. But we did for a very long time and, you know, more recently get super involved in Ukraine. Um, and he believes that since we've been so involved in Ukraine in the past, that it is our, we are obligated to see this through. Um, so what are your thoughts on both of those things? Well, I mean, we have been incredibly involved in Ukraine in the past, especially since 2014. I don't have any specific knowledge about convincing them to give up their nuclear program, but that sounds like something that the U.S. would do mm. to just go around giving out pledges of defense willy-nilly in exchange for whatever it is that, that our top diplomats want. Right. But just because you know we've, we've got our fingers in all these pies all over the world doesn't mean that we are going to make the situation any better by continuing to be involved all that our continuing involvement here is doing is getting even more ukrainians killed over nothing mm. literally absolutely nothing yeah yeah nick you got any thoughts uh, i have no thoughts ever oh perfect i don't know what you're doing here then you know <laughs> alden alden you got any thoughts on it um yeah i don't know the specifics on this but i know that like Zane said, it sounds like the U.S. to be like, oh, it's fine. Like, you know, basically disarm yourself and we'll be your big brother, you know, in this whole thing. Except yeah. we've probably done that a lot and we probably have not held our word. So, like, I'm curious as to why in this one particular instance, like, why, like, what is our advantage in wanting to do this? I'm, I don't know the whole scope of this. Um, I actually want to look into this more, honestly. Yeah. in the specific sense of the disarmament and in the broad sense of like our motivations for being there. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the nuclear, what would it be just like a deterrent, like for Russia to not like prod them or something like that? Because like, I, you hope you never need nukes anyway. So like, I don't know what good they would have done in the, yeah. you know, in the, on the whole anyway, but yeah. And both those points were points that I made. Um, but man, he, you know, it's an emotional topic for somebody from Ukraine. And he like, it was, it was super difficult. This was what was hard about the conversation is it was extremely difficult for him to understand that I was literally standing on a principle. And mm -hmm. then like, if you break your principles, then the principles are useless. Yes. And yeah. so he couldn't, he couldn't 
he may have comprehended it, but he could not accept it in any way. Um, yeah. And it became That's... just a looped conversation over and over again. And just me saying, look, I don't support the war and period. Like I'm, we definitely have had some involvement in Ukraine, a lot of involvement in Ukraine for the past almost decade, but we are doing far more harm than good by extending this war. Um, so it would be much better for the American people and for the world in general for us to pull out of mm -hmm. Ukraine. Um, but man, it was so difficult to try to convince him of that. When you think about the principal concept, let's even take it out of the Ukraine situation and just like, just even domestically, just within our own country. We have such a problem, especially with like the left-right pendulum of like, principles get eroded more and more each time because like one side is like oh yeah i'm principled until it comes down to like where it benefits me and then i want to you know i want to avoid the talking about principle and and just do the thing or whatever and then the other side feels slighted and then they're like oh well now we got to do it and so you keep going back and forth and you keep it's emotional like you were saying mm -hmm. and the, your own personal bias of like yeah but this helps me now and i'm like yeah but it won't help you later if someone comes after what you're saying or what you're right. doing or what you're thinking later you're like yeah you want people silenced for saying something and their stuff pulled off of youtube now and they're saying something against whatever you know the pandemic or something i don't want to get a you know oh yeah put, it, put your own thing in there i don't want to get us you know it's not always there. it's not always like i want to do this for me it's this exact scenario where you'll talk to somebody who is affected by it and you'll actually feel the empathy like i felt empathy yeah. for the guy and like i feel bad that this is happening to his home home country. But like, if you make that concession that, okay, yes, we can be involved in this war, then it will never end. Like you've broken your principles and you can't, you can't take that back, especially when it's in mass, like a country, you know, yeah. if it's a single person, you can always find redemption, but a country man, that's, that's too many people. It's too many moving parts. You I can't. think of it sometimes like children, like, if you're raising a kid or something, and I don't have kids, so like maybe I'm speaking out of turn even on this or whatever, but like I think of this example of like if a kid is crying and they want candy in the store or something like that, if you cave and if you give them candy, now you're training them to need candy all the time. Like every time you go to the store, it's going to be hard. But if you face that friction the first time, you know, this yeah. is an example and just in theory, but it'll help establish a habit. And that's more of like the going with the principal thing. If you feel for the kid, you're like, oh, you want candy. I want to help you. I want to be nice, but you're making it harder for yourself down the road. Yeah. That's more like caving on the principal thing. And it usually makes it feel better at first, but then harder for you. And sometimes harder for the other party in the long run too. Yeah. Yeah. We oh, should remember sure. why principle is so important because in this case, it's not even like our principle is to be against war and so we've got to stand on that, even though maybe in this case, it would be better to, to abandon the principle. No, it's not like that at all. It is in this particular case, it would be worse to continue to be involved. And because we know that that's like, we have a principle and we know that it applies in every case. So it's not just, oh, we have to hold on to our principles because down the road, we're afraid of what's happen gonna happen if we give them up. Um, right. And I, I would add to that, that I, I don't, admire principle in general i admire the correct principles but you know i I'd, I'd much rather have hillary clinton than a principled communist because as dave smith would say at least with hillary clinton we can have prices <laughs> i do like that yeah i completely agree um 
Let's see. Hey, here's a fun fact about Ukraine's nukes. So they were all left over from the Soviet Union, and they were like the third largest um, nuclear armed power in the world. Mm. But Russia still had the launch codes and operational control of them. Oh. So when they couldn't oh. figure out <laughs> no a way. No wonder we wanted them gone. <laughs> Yeah, and so because we couldn't get Russia off of them, they joined the nuclear non-proliferation, can't say that word, treaty. Proliferation, proliferation yeah. yeah. So, proliferation, yeah. so it was uh, <laughs> Russia's nukes by proxy anyway. And so <clears throat> yeah. how much would they have helped Ukraine against Russia I feel anyway. like Russia could have just logged in and detonated them. <laughs> yeah. I don't Why know are you hitting yourself? Why are you hitting yourself? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty oh, good. No. That's pretty good. Yeah. So I don't. So yeah, they. I mean, they're, they're in that case, they're basically useless. Like they're maybe basically worse useless than useless. To the Ukrainians. Yeah. Maybe yeah. even detrimental. So. So. Interesting. Not, if that's the case, if that's like the scope of it, then I don't feel it that that's a good leg to stand on in an argument. One other thing this guy also claimed um, was that he believes that the peace talks that were happening at the beginning between Zelensky and Putin were, you know, when Boris Johnson came over and basically convinced him not to sign it was just a ploy by Putin to stall for time to set, send in new troops, which, mm. um, from which is exactly what NATO did when they signed the Minsk accords, it was to stall for time so they can modernize mm -hmm. the Ukraine army. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So if that's the case, then that's interesting. If like peace was never actually an option, mm. then then maybe he has a point. But it's all conjecture. And like he, you know, he can't prove anything. We can't prove anything. But the right us being involved, it, it we just should not be involved. That's basically what it comes down to. Um. All right. Well, yeah. I just wanted to address that because uh, it was a real life conversation I had with the. Ukrainian guy, so yeah, gave gave a little different perspective on on things. No, it's fair. Yeah, all right, Zach. Let's go into our first uh, story that's listed here. Ian Freeman sentenced Freeman. Yeah, that's funny. Sentenced to eight years in prison. <laughs> Freeman <for>, sentenced <laughs> for operating a Bitcoin money laundering scheme. He was sentenced in federal court for laundering over $10 million <clears throat> proceeds from romance scams and other internet fraud, U.S. Attorney Jane E. Young announces. Um, he's 40 Is that a euphemism? Old. What is a romance scam? Uh, it's a scams like uh, catfishing, that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah, not, not actually fishing, but like catfishing right. people out of money and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. Um, and... Uh, Zach, let's go to the next article if you have it pulled up. Because um, these two articles say very different things. This is mm. from the Free Keen website. Um, Zach, actually, can you tell us, can you give us a quick description of, of what the two sides yeah. are? Yeah. Which this article is very long. I haven't finished it yet, but I've been following Ian for years and sort of knew the background of what was happening. So way back when he had, or I guess he still lives there. He has his house in Keene, New Hampshire, and he made it the Keene or Shire Free Church, something like that. And it was basically a tax avoidance scheme, which I support. You know, if there's a way that you can not pay taxes by calling yourself a church, 
you should do that. It's like, also, other people do it for a whole bunch of other reasons too. Like there's uh food churches and stuff like that. Like yeah. this is a way that you can avoid a lot of bullshit and uh taxes and a whole bunch of other things is by you know can we petition to get like liberty libations like officially recognized as a religion i don't see why not i don't i don't don't know how comfortable i feel with this (laughs) well no no no. i I think the biggest issue is like your freedom of religion and freedom of speech don't mix or something i don't know because like politics and religion and I don't know how that works, but there's something weird with it sometimes. The idea of me being the creator and host of a religion should terrify everyone on earth. <laughs> I don't know. You've got a pretty biblical beard going on. It might fit. It's all a scam, man. It's not real. None it's of it's going to be scam. dragging us down to South America and making us drink Kool-Aid. I beg you not to do this. <laughs> so in the church, which is also his house, he had a Bitcoin ATM where anybody could come and purchase bitcoin it might have actually like a bitcoin vending machine you're just buying it there i think was the deal and um he did not comply with know your customer laws the bullcrap that says you have to idiotic laws yep yeah give your like social security number and a scan of your license and all this stuff to coinbase or wherever it is you're buying bitcoin he didn't do that which i also think is his right you know that law what you know we can talk about that law but i think he's free to buy and sell without that regulation mm-hmm. and it sounds like then people were victims of scams who came to his location to buy bitcoin that fed into scams mm. not that he was running these scams but so they're linking bought it. the stuff like it's like if you went to walmart and bought a green dot card to send to kenya or wherever then walmart is somehow responsible for that yeah no it's crazy i mean it's crazy and it's the picture of the atm here says let me find this bitcoin scam alert there's like a warning warning right there on the machine yeah yeah this feels like the crypto equivalent of like you got caught selling Lucy's on the street or something like this is, you know, where the, you get some s- sticky thing where they want you to go through the proper channel. So the middleman gets their cut kind of thing and you can't sell whatever. It's a bunch of nonsense. Yep. It is a bunch of nonsense. But yeah. So the, fe- the feds are saying he was laundering money and involved in these scams. And like, I'm not even sure how you get to that. And then this article too was saying that people lied in court. And that people who were scammed mm. implied that the money went to Ian when like maybe some fee for purchasing purchasing it did, but it wasn't like he was in on the scams. Okay. Yeah. Like, so it, it's, it sounds very similar to the Ross Ulbricht thing where he just set up a website where people could tra- <clears throat> transact. Um, and it seemed, and you know, people are going to use it for things that are not so great and things that are great. And, and then he becomes the scapegoat for yeah. if someone then transacts in a way in, of their own free will or whatever. Yeah. And right now, nothing's been proven. Uh, actually, no, he was sentenced. So it, like, it they, said sentence. Yeah. Eight years or something. So, yeah, I mean, I, it, it, we got to do a little more research into this. Um, we should definitely follow up on it and, and do. Yeah. I say we dive deep into it because that's an interesting case study. It might be another situation like similar to Ross Ulbricht, except this guy didn't get 
two life sentences um, like Ross did. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Zane, you got any thoughts on it? So, I mean, if everything that was in the, the Free State article is true, I have a lot of respect for this guy. And obviously he's you know, essentially a martyr for the movement. That being said, I think that all libertarians have to pause and consider that, you know, there are real consequences to disobeying the state. Like a lot of times in libertarian circles, it's like we just joke about, oh, there's a law about this, but obviously you're a chump if you actually follow it. You should just ignore it. And if you can do that and be okay, then that's cool. But, you know, you've got, you've got to decide for yourself what level of risk you're willing to take. Yeah. And I don't mm -hmm. think that you're a chump just for um, deciding that it, it's better in, in particular cases to obey rather than disobey. Mm. Yeah. Yep. I completely agree. Um, yeah. I don't know. Nick, you got any, you got any thoughts since you're the head of the Bitcoin caucus? Uh, yeah. Uh, it's bullshit. And, <laughs> <clears throat> you know, Adam, the list of political prisoners uh, related to Bitcoin. So, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, in the end, like if someone is just hosting a website where people do things that he has no control over um, that, he, you know, with Bitcoin, the whole point is that you have no control over it. So the mere fact that it was just a Bitcoin ATM means that there's not a single thing or he should not be serving jail time whatsoever. He should never have been like indicted. He should never been any of this stuff. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll do some more research and, and confirm that all those things are true. <laughs> concerning though. It's yeah, it's concerning. Um, all right, Zach, let's go to the next one, dude. If you're around. When's the last time you heard about like, a you know, someone say like when the whole, I don't know, pick a thing, but like Wells Fargo when they were doing the, you know, making up fabricating accounts under people's names and, you know, so they could fudge their own numbers and stuff. And, you know, that's like truly like with the intent, like shady, fraudulent intent. And I don't remember any eight year sentences for any of that. It was, it was just slap on the wrist fines and the fines and barely never amount to as much as what they made from their activity. So they're incentivized yeah. to just do it again. But when it comes to crypto, eight years when it comes for to, one person, when it comes to crypto and being an individual. Yes, that's fair too. Yeah. Not being a founding member of the federal reserve. I feel like he's being made sort of an example of, which is what Zane was talking about, like kind of being a martyr. Yep. Yep. I completely agree. All right, Zach, let's talk about migrants. Um, Costa Rica president orders state of emergency amid surge of migrants heading to the United States. Ma'am, we've talked about immigration for a few weeks now. And basically what I'm gathering is that everybody, want, everybody on earth wants to come to the United States and there's no way we're going to keep them out. <laughs> That's basically my conclusion at this moment. Um, what? So first of all, what what is it about our country that draws everyone? To I was it? just kind of thinking the because same thing. Because we're the best. Freedom. Thank you, Zane. Thank you, Zane. Yeah, there's there's freedom in many countries on Earth, and we had draconian practices during 
the lockdowns and COVID and everything, just like half of the world or more than half the world. So like, what, like, is it just a, is it just a it's sentiment that's empire. been around? Yeah. Is it a sentiment that's been around since like the, I don't know, since Ellis Island time period? Like what, what is I, going on here? There might be, there might be part of that idealism, but I also think when like so many of these other countries are like on a dollar standard or need dollars to survive, uh, you know, dollar trade being the overall economic sort of engine of the world. Uh, you know, you get people who see that, know that they need dollars, know well all the dollars come from here, uh, realize that us and our manipulation of the currency, the Federal Reserve actions, things like that, uh, kind of mess with, you know, cause a whole bunch of issues in their country, you know, whether it's, you know, uh, you know bad incentives or, you know, actions taken by like IMF, World Bank, stuff like that, you know, the whole, um, true confessions of an economic hitman kind of stuff you can also send us dollars back home to family and it's Mm. worth a lot more easier to spend than a lot of other countries currencies so so i I think you know from an economic perspective if you're if you know we printed all that money during covid um that's kind of what led el salvador to start going down the bitcoin rabbit hole right like you know they were dollarized and you know, everyone in America got their 1200 bucks or whatever it was, but, um, you know, the, uh, you know, everyone else in the world who's using the dollar because they can't maintain their own currency, uh, just suffered the inflation, you know, mm-hmm. from inflation there, uh, the, the buying power of it diluting. So, uh, at least on a world stage. So, you know, if you're, if you're seeing like, Hey, those guys there, uh, in a way, you know, they seem to be successful. The money that we have to use comes from there. Uh, they're rich. They have that, you know, that would kind of lead you, you know, beyond just the idealism, the practicality of, you know, I need more. I need, uh, you know, I need to do better, make more money. Well, you know, what are you going to want? Argentinian pesos or U.S. dollars, right? So if you need dollars, you go to where dollars are. So I think that's part of it. Interesting. I think it comes to currency and consistent work in a lot of space i mean all incentives are economic right so if the if you know your best bet to make us dollars is to uh you know if you think your best bet to do that is to get to america yeah Yeah. then so i guess then the question is how do we discourage how do we discourage people from doing this because clearly Kamala Harris saying don't come isn't going to help anything like she did like two years ago. <laughs> why, don't we put, why don't we put her on the border and then, you know, her her and Hillary Clinton can stand on the border. And everyone will see them she was the border czar. She was the border czar. Joey Dell says money, money, money. People see the fact that you can live in one country and make more money and opportunity than in their home. Yeah, I mean, it's just a general idea. And, you know, I'll I'll give all the listeners a little bit of an economics lesson here. Why is it the case that the U.S. is rich and many other countries are poor? It's, I mean, one of the major reasons is because we have so many more capital goods in the U.S. We have, um, you know, all these machines, um, computers, what was that? I was going to say the Anglo-American establishment. Someone needs to read his tragedy and hope. (laughs) well i i didn't say the entire reason but the big reason is we have a lot of infrastructure here that just makes workers what 
Read your Carol Quigley. Okay. I don't have a red I'm, talking, I'm talking over everyone's head here. All right. <laughs> Never mind. But Nerd. the idea is we we've we have a lot of stuff here that just makes US workers more productive than workers elsewhere. So like, you know, if you have, you know, a backhoe, you're gonna be a lot better at taking a dish than if you just have a shovel or if you're just using your hands. And the US, figuratively speaking, has way more backhoes than other countries. So if a worker from a poor country can just get themselves here. Their labor is just more valuable here than it would be elsewhere, not because of anything inherent to them, but because of all the stuff that's going to be around them if they get here. And not that, you know, immigrants are really deeply considering capital goods, but they know that the wages here are higher and that's why. I was just going to mention wages, which is a twofold thing. If you land a job like a legitimate, you know, minimum wage job, the minimum wage is pretty high compared to a lot of places. But because the minimum wage is so high, there's also a lot of under-the-table jobs that people are incentivized to pay people under the table less than minimum wage to do certain kind of things that migrant workers would still then take on, and it would still be more than what they're used to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm curious what you guys think, too, about, you know, the foreign policy and drug war aspect of all this, because... You know, with our drug war, there's been a war in Mexico for however long. Not that all of these people are from Mexico, but you know, how many it. countries have we meddled in and overthrown in uh, Latin America? So it's yeah, I mean, really no surprise that there's a refugee crisis when we, we've been doing that. Yeah, I mean, everything that happened yeah. in, in what Venezuela, um, like I, I know a ton of them are Venezuelan migrants, and we helped to destroy that country. Um, the CIA has been meddling so hard in Venezuela for a long time with their right. elections and things. Yeah, I mean, every country down there, right? Nicaragua, Panama, Colombia. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's not a short list of. And a lot of it does have to do with. Would be the country we haven't meddled in. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And, but a lot of it has to do with drugs. And we talked about this on another episode with our own. We have laws against drugs, which then makes an illegal market for drugs coming from these places, which then screws up these people's homes down there with cartel and stuff that wouldn't necessarily have a foothold if we were softer on criminalizing at least drug use here. This is what I always tell people. If you allowed Walmart to sell heroin, the immigration problem would be drastically reduced. <laughs> We'd have another problem potentially, but I do think that that <laughs> statement is true. Yeah. Yeah. We already have that problem anyway. Exactly though. So yeah, at least you wouldn't get fentanyl like slipped into it and just die. I fucking know people yeah. that have had that happen to them. All right. Yeah. So I, I pulled up a list of, let me see if I can zoom in here. Nope. That is the wrong page to zoom in on. Hang on. <laughs> Let's see. All right, so this is value of different currency based on the U.S. dollar. So basically everything from, well, Bermuda and bah Bahamas are us, basically. Um, so everything... The Bahamas uses, yeah, those are pegged to the dollar. Yeah, everything north of this is stuff that's worth more than the U.S. dollar, and everything mm. below it, which is quite a few, is worth less than the dollar. Right. Um, so there, I mean, look at all these. The worst one is uh, Iran, Lebanon, oh, Vietnam. Of course. Like all of these are worth thousands of times less 
than the U.S. dollar. I am not surprised. You've got to be careful looking at stuff like this, though, with no context, because obviously a lot of these countries really do have terrible currencies that are worth nothing. But part of it is like, you know, the, the Japanese yen, it's worth about like one U.S. cent. But that's really just because the yen is just denominated differently. So like if we just cut all our dollars into 100 cent, called that a dollar, you know, our dollar would be worth 100 times less, but nothing would have really changed. We would have just started calling cents dollars. And it's not that Japan is, it's not that Japan's economy is 147 times weaker than ours is. It's just that they've denominated their currency in the different units. You've, you've got to look at the change over time between the two. Fair enough. You know, like, like at one point, whenever, uh, you know, the pound was stronger, and then at one, then what? Last year, this past year, the pound came down and was worth less than the dollar, and now it's back up over, I believe. Yeah, it's back you know, up over that, again. That kind of, you know, movement is what kind of, you know, makes that decision. It's just the U.S. dollar is kind of the benchmark there, although we can make that comparison to anything, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's true. You do need some context, and yeah, you're absolutely right on on different values of currencies Zane. um but the mere fact that there are so many that are on the southern side of that list i mean the odds of them you know there being that many like a ton of countries who would a ton of countries citizens who would like to come to the united states because they can make more money is is pretty substantial um in my opinion um anyway yeah what do we got next zach another uh another little bit on immigration it's a video with one of our favorite jur journalists refugees has poland taken zero and you're proud of that <laughs> if you are asking me if you're if you're asking me about muslim uh muslims illegal immigration none not even one will come to poland not even one if it's illegal we, we took over 2 million Ukrainians who are working, who are peaceful in Poland. We will not receive even one Muslim because this is what we promised. But I asked this not about illegal failed. immigrants. I asked about refugees. And Jean-Claude Juncker, the commission president, says that you're racist. You sound proud of the fact that you haven't taken any refugees. <laughs> of course, because this is what our people are expecting from our government. That's number one. This is why our government was uh, elected. That this is why Poland is so safe. This is the, the, the reason why we have not even uh, one terrorist attack. Look at the streets in Poland. And we can be called populists, nationalists, racists. I don't care. I care about my family and about my country. Anyone want to go back to the homeland? I mean, I kind of want to go to Poland now at this point. Like, <laughs> I, got the, I, I got the name for it. Oh, what do y'all think of those comments? I thought that was, I thought it was. It's great. very telling it went to, Yunker calls you a racist. And, <laughs> uh, his response was, I, mean, that, I don't care. <laughs> that clip is good evidence that the attack of being called racist is starting to really lose any power or meaning whatsoever which yeah. is why of course everybody has changed from calling people racist to calling people white supremacists now because that term is even scarier so maybe they can salvage at least some of the impact 
but everybody's realized that whenever somebody's calling you that, they don't mean it. It's just a lazy shortcut of saying you're wrong and stop talking. Yeah. Yeah, I I would say for me. Yeah, they don't have an argument. No. It's a, it's a what they call a thought terminating yeah, cliche. If they call you racist, then the conversation is over and you lose immediately. Once or even accused of it, yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of what Jake was saying earlier right, about like kind of an racist. emotional an emotional stance on something as instead of a logical stance. Yeah. Uh, and I don't care for even if like there was if there was a conversation to be had here about the two positions, you're never gonna have it when the journalist is like very clearly on a side and attacking instead of truly asking questions and trying to, you know, compare notes and see where someone's position is. And I think my particular take on this, my bigger point is the tonality is a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Brian says he wishes he could have a sat for each time he's heard the term fascist used incorrectly. <laughs> Completely agree. And Alden, a sat is a satoshi, which is one unit of a Bitcoin. Oh, I was like <laughs> going to ask later. <laughs> I was like, well, Saturday? Are those worth anything? I don't know. How do you give someone a Saturday? Um, yeah, I just thought, yeah, very telling that on air, on a huge show in the UK, the dude's just like, I don't care. Call me a racist. Whatever. My people want this, and so this is what I'm doing. Like, uh that's that's some of the stuff that we need. I mean, I, I would love for politicians here to actually say stuff like that and not give a crap about the optics of something and just do what their people want them to do. <laughs> but, Unless their people want them to do the wrong thing, in which case they should not do that. True. But then we need to define wrong. Right, and you have two groups of people that have is whatever I don't like, and right is whatever I do like. <laughs> ah, yeah, the American definition of wrong. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Well, let's go to this Axios graph. Still waiting on Steve to hopefully get here. If he's not here after an hour, then we'll do. Uh, go ahead and do uh, trivia. Trivs. Yeah. All right, who posted this in our chat? Social media. Well, I gotta top. go. So I'll talk it was to probably Steven. Then. All right. All right. Peace, Nick. Have fun at nerd meeting. Later, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it must have been Steven then that posted this. All right. Well, basically, this this is from Axios. It says social media traffic to top news sites craters, um, and it shows this graph for those just listening of how many times. Facebook and Twitter referred, uh, re like in a tweet, referred to an outside source like CNN or CNBC mm -hmm. or one of those um, quote unquote trusted sources. Exactly. And it yeah. went from on Facebook, it went from 120 million, which was in December of 2020. And now it is down to 21 million as of a month and a half ago, two months ago. Um, wow. Hang on. Joey, Joey has one other thing to say about the, the migrant stuff. Anyone, anyone interested in becoming an illegal immigrant in Argentina if Javier Millet wins and turns the country around? Um, I'd be interested. <laughs> Argentina is beautiful. I'd live in Patagonia for that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I don't even think it's that hard. You take a ferry ride to Uruguay, get your passport stamped and come back and you get another 90 days. Yeah, I dig it. Okay. And, and if he turns it around, he'll probably uh you can make, just perpetually yeah. do this. Yeah. But anyway, I think it is a I'm just gonna come on if you guys are good with it. I'm not yeah, sure man, hop on or not. Yeah, we're not sure Steve's gonna make it tonight. So um yeah, Zach's gonna come on and lose really hard at trivia. So mm-hmm. um yeah. I'm all right. Alden. He's the... <laughs> <laughs> Alden, you gotta find a different name now. Um, i don't know what do you think about these this this graph right here because it's very interesting do you think it has more to do with the fact that posting a link in a tweet makes it less likely to get more views or do you think Mm. it's fewer people actually want to reference sites that they don't trust anymore yeah, I, was I mean, a ask. big part of it has got to be that when they started this graph in August 2020, COVID was still a big deal. Mm. So whenever you've got a huge event like that, people are probably just going to be reading more news. Yeah, can we now, see the reading, 10 years? Reading more graph. mainstream news is bad. So I'm glad that it's not happening, um, regardless of whether it was COVID-related or not. And I mean, I hope that even without COVID, people are... Um, putting reduced trust into the legacy media. But mm-hmm. I, I think that a big part of it is it's not th- a giant own on CNN. It's just that people are less engaged because there's not COVID going on anymore. Yeah, yeah I feel like I need point. to see the they years should, prior to know. But. Well, they should have given us percentage, so like percentage of tweets mm. rather than, you know, like I, they should have given us hard data rather than just yeah. a graph with one variable a graph with the data is usually good a graph just by itself is often you can design it a new a different way to be misleading and i wondered if it was just like fatigue on the user part or is this something do the apps have any like play in this on like what they promote more or less or anything big time like if you post a youtube link to a video um you will get far less circulation throughout twitter than you do if you post that video directly to Twitter. Mm, okay. So also they made it so you literally can't share news in Canada. They, yeah. Really? Yeah. So yeah. all of Canada can't see news on Facebook, and they can't share news. Like I guess you try to share something from CNN if they would care about that, and it just will not let you. What's the because what's there's the some Canada is a better place for it. <laughs> what's the question, Alden? Is it though? I mean, like none of us like quote unquote the news, you know, here, but, but, but the fact that someone can dictate that and make that so and make that not possible feels like the bigger problem here. Oh, it's definitely the bigger problem. I mean, it happens in China too. Like they're not allowed to go to a multitude well, of yeah, sites. But well, no, we, we should level. clarify that what's going on here is that Canada passed a law that said that, you know, if people are sharing links to news sites on Twitter, then the news site has to be compensated for that because mm. you're using their content. And Twitter said, we don't want to deal with compensating all these sites. We're just going to not let people share news at all. So it's not it's not the state itself saying that you can't share news. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the same thing happened with Sky Sports because I on one of my <clears throat> Twitter accounts, I follow a lot of soccer, and I cannot see 
certain highlights from Sky Sports. It says this mm. is not available in your it's area. It's a copyrighted thing, like a or yep. oh, it's jurisdiction. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a jurisdiction thing. It's right. bizarre, man. It's Use really VPN. frustrating. Um, I, I, Google, I, I do that. <laughs> Google was getting flack for um, only basically like supporting or like funneling traffic to YouTube-based video stuff if you typed in the same thing in their search results or whatever, it would, it would promote YouTube stuff. Cause of course they own YouTube. Right. So they were getting flack about that as being both a, you know, a search engine, but also then trying to profit off of it and not being, you know, equal at all, not even pretending to be. And so right. um, there's another kind of similar, like a related issue. Hmm. Yeah. How dare a company want to make a profit? Ugh, how dare they? <laughs> how dare they? Um, are you do you really I mean I'm curious if Zane is really like for like Google being able to like throttle results for you know or or boost a certain thing that well, supports them. Well it's 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 Google's product. If you don't want to see Google's results then don't use Google. I mean obviously there are a lot of ways that big tech uses you know the influence they have over the state to make money and I think that that's very bad. But in this case it just seems like They've got one part of their business that's trying to support their other part of their business. And, you know, they've got competitors if you don't want to see everything on YouTube. So I, I don't really have a problem here. Yeah. And like, that's the thing. You, as much as people don't want to say this these days, you got to do your own research, you know, like figure out which kind like Google will try to hide the fact that they're, that they're censoring things and stuff like this, but like not every company will do that. And some, some will be, completely obvious and blatant and be like, we promote our stuff first and then, then the rest of the stuff comes second. And like, you know why I'm this, perfectly fine with that. This works though. And mm -hmm. Google does do this because they know a lot of people don't put in that extra effort to do their own research and they do just use Google and they do just go to the first thing that Google says Yeah, times millions of people. Yeah. So it bothers oh, me. Yeah. Still. Doing your own research was demonized over, over the whole COVID. lockdown COVID and everything yeah. like it's now. Yeah. 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 There's, you can there's... only trust official sources and mm -hmm. yeah, you can only trust, you know, what <laughs> pharmaceutical companies say and your uh, particular, you know, politician who was used to be on the board of Pfizer or whatever. That's a fun circle jerk, <laughs> but whatever. The, the phrase doing your own research has kind of become very heavy laden recently yes. where i've been hearing a lot of people using that phrase to like mock people who say it yep. yeah it's like but it's important to clarify that when somebody says do your own research they aren't saying go out and literally conduct your own pharmaceutical studies yeah obviously <laughs> i'm not qualified to lab, do that. what you yeah. what we mean when we say that is don't just consult the experts that are being promoted by the state Go and there are plenty of other experts, and in fact, a great multitude of experts that are actively being silenced by the state and the big pharmaceutical companies. Yeah. And so it's not like I'm just coming up with this knowledge myself by doing my own research. All that yeah. means is finding dissident experts who are actively being silenced. Getting a second opinion that's not funded by someone in, you know, a direct. Oh, oh, oh. oh hey, Stephen, what's up? <laughs> in a conflict of interest. Yeah, 100%. Um, all right, y'all. Steven. <laughs> Steven Hilton is here. Cheers, brother. Oh, wait, brother. I need another 
I need another beer, man. I got to cheers, Steven, here. I'll be right back. Yeah, go. I had to slide in the side door. So, well, welcome. We'll make That's sure to lock, lock that next time. Um, yeah. Now, Steven, sorry you couldn't make it to the pub crawl, man. Yeah. I, I looked like a good time from what I could see. Me and Alden had a fantastic time. We were, we were out till like 2.30. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Me and Alden and Jared. It was great. Oh, man. Yeah, we were, we were, I was eating a pepperoni roll at 2 a.m. <laughs> oh, you can't beat the that. The only appropriate time to eat a pepperoni roll. <laughs> From a gas station. <laughs> I realized this when we were there. Fancy Parker's was what we used to just call it. It's literally written above yeah. the door. Fancy it's now Parker's. called Fancy Parker's. I think probably because we coined that phrase. Did it used to be there? Was I just so drunk when we went that I never no, noticed it? that was never there. So um, they just started to officially own the local colloquial of fancy parkers. So. Yeah. That's so funny. So over the last topic, Brian Allen commented, I remember there was a congressional hearing where they were asking someone from Google about their iPhone. Those are the kind of people who vote on regulations. <laughs> yeah, excuse me. How do I take a screenshot? Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, Yep, Brian and Zach were there as well, um, though they didn't stay up till 2 a.m. Um, Grumpy left at midnight. Yeah, it was, a, it was a good time. Everybody had fun, so that was, that was great. It was fun. Um, awesome. All right, we're going to do this last story, and then we're going to do trivia. Thank you for joining, Stephen. Yeah. Stoked, stoked to have you here, brother. All right. All right, y'all. Um, tech workers in San Francisco rent $700 a month sleeping pods. Um, if you're just listening, these basically look like hostels that you would stay in while traveling. Um, they are not meant for long-term living. They're meant for a night or two here and there. They're basically cubicles that you sleep in. Um, cubicles just big enough for a mattress. If a cubicle and a bunk bed, like, yeah, had babies, yeah, that would be what this is. <laughs> What's that scene a, from Pineapple Express? Which, yeah, there you which go. Which scene from Pineapple Express? When James Franco was like, "If that like blueberry Kush shit I had, and then <laughs> oh, that gosh. other shit, and if they met and they fucked, and then <laughs> their babies met, never mind." When he's talking about the weed strain, never yeah. mind. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. Anyway. Your language. This is a family show. No, it's not. Oh, right. Yeah, because kids <laughs> no, are really interested in yeah. currency and whatever totally. else we're talking about. Totally. Yeah, so basically, these are being rented out for $700 a month. Let me give you perspective on that. We rent out an entire bedroom of our house for about $900 a month. It's a whole bedroom. Comes with full access to the kitchen, the rest of the house, the yard, the backyard, the the living room, all of it. And they're renting these tiny pods out for $700 a month. Is there a mini fridge in there? <laughs> well, there's definitely not Get a regular a fridge in there. <laughs> this looks yeah. like uh, the whole array for 13 ghosts. <laughs> what? I haven't seen that in a long time. That old Matthew Lillard movie, uh, 13 Ghosts. I never saw it. Where there was, yeah. a, there was like a plexiglass cube it had 13 ghosts stuck in it. Yes. Yeah. And they would murder you if you went the wrong part. Or cabin in the woods. I mean, does that not look like the most fun way to live ever? I mean, it looks great. Wow. That looks even smaller than the uh, promo picture. 
right? And yeah, this has it's like size. <laughs> that to, be, how... to be fair, the amenities seem, the common spaces seem all right, I guess. I would just sleep out there. Um, they look pretty, I mean, it looks like my college dorm room common spaces to me. But but your work probably looks like that too. So you're basically never leaving work. You're going right. from some tech job that has those cool amenities to your home that looks exactly <laughs> the same. I mean, half these people probably work from home, which I guess should be rebranded as work from pod. Work from pod. <laughs> Google has nap pods at their headquarters, right? Oh, yeah. I remember reading about that, those little egg-shaped things. And that oh, yeah. mm-hmm. featured, featured in the hit comedy, The Internship. That's right. <laughs> Internship, right? Internship. I think it's, I think yes. it's Vince, Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson. It's yeah. a hilarious. It's a hilarious movie. I mean, those two are always hilarious together. But no, that's Wedding Crashers. Yeah, it's <laughs> definitely not one of their six movies they start in together. Yeah, right. Wedding Crashers, same plot, different movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, At an old job, I had they had a nap room, and there was just a joke that if anyone ever used it, they would just slip a pink slip under there. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. That's I'm sure some really good. creative code comes out of. You know, coding from inside the pod. <clears throat> I'm you know, sure a lot of inspiration it does. to look at on the walls and well, I mean, free space. I feel like the only reason to go in there would be to trip on shrooms for a little while. Yeah, you know, yeah. Do some microdosing. I was gonna say a similar thing. If you're gonna treat it like almost like a, a sensory deprivation pod yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. All right, y'all. It's that time. Here we go. Oh. Freaking right, everybody. It's trivia time. <clears throat> Thank you, Zach, for I got to move my beer Zach. so I don't knock it over trying to. <laughs> All right. For those just joining. Okay. Actually, libations trivia, this day in history, Olympics, and hostile life. Um, hostile, not aggressive or violent. <laughs> it, it's, uh, it's things you stay in when you travel. Like that really aggressive, violent movie. Oh, yeah, totally. Called hostile, yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, If you don't know the rules, here are the rules. You can pause this live stream and then catch back up because we're just going to keep going because I'm not reading these every single day. Good job, Alden. You found your camera. (laughs) I got to find it every time. (laughs) It's like the clit, you know, you got to check. See where it's at. (laughs) Goodness gracious. I'm still going to be searching at the end of the show. I don't know what's going on. Too many whiskeys, man. Too many whiskeys. All right. The. All-time scoreboard, Zane has nine, Nick has four, Alden has three, guests and Steven have two, and the audience has a resounding one. Zane, don't comment on it. Just don't comment on it. <laughs> I, was, I was just going to say that I see that uh, nobody has managed to catch me in my absence. <laughs> He's now, so humble. It was, it was split. So Steven and Nick tied <laughs> last week, and then Alden won the week before. So I actually won. I beat Nick in rock, paper, scissors. You did beat Nick in rock, paper, scissors, but the, the honorary rule, win. We don't yeah. have a good way to an actually like good way to tie break yet. And Somebody so else. Both Wait, people get it. if there's a tie, I feel like the person not in the tie should come up with a question on the fly for the other two. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, here we go. Zane, this is how we're doing it now. I don't know if you've been around since we changed the format, but here we go. On this day in 2011, which tech CEO died of cancer? Alden. Uh, Steve Jobs. 
Steve Jobs is correct. That is a whopping one point for Alden. Hang on, I gotta put Zane back on the scoreboard now that he's back. There we go. No, you don't need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. On this day in 1989, the Dalai Lama won what coveted prize? Zane. The Nobel Peace Prize. The Nobel Peace Prize is correct. Not so coveted anymore that war fans get it. <laughs> Give Zane a handicap by keeping <clears throat> him off. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, and uh, Nobel invented dynamite as well, so it's kind of ironic. Just the Peace Prize. Trumpy said well, Abraham Lincoln to the first. I mean, the reason why awesome. Alfred Nobel uh, founded the Nobel Peace Prize was because he felt bad about having made all that money off of dynamite. It was <laughs> like a publicity stunt, honestly. Truly, though, the Nobel Peace Prize was made okay. to make him look better and keep well, it. I want to see the Hitler painting award. Then, how about that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but is isn't dynamite great? That you win by painting pictures of Hitler. <laughs> the Hitler painting award. <laughs> That's All how right. we have highways and trains and stuff is dynamite. We get to blow up mountains and that's true. Dynamite is extremely helpful. Like that's oh, a yeah. great, great invention. As long as you're not doing it to using it to blow up people. Um, on this day in 1974, American Dave Kunst becomes the first person to circumnavigate the globe by using what method? Zane. Hot air balloon. Wrong. Alden. A prop plane. Wrong. Zach. A Zeppelin. Nope. Steven. A boat. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Zane. the first one? A, a kayak? Nope. Zach. Just human power. I'll give it to you. His feet. That, yeah, okay. <laughs> How did he do that? He, he took had to walk four years, took 21 pairs of shoes, and traversed 14,500 miles. So he <laughs> no, took I'm a saying, boat. How did he get across the Pacific Ocean? He took a boat. He just I'm, walked in place. What I'm guessing, <laughs> I can't remember. I, I remember reading this earlier. I can't remember exactly how that happened, but he definitely walked up to where Russia and Alaska almost meet. And I can't I remember how he got the Bering one Strait. <laughs> I My want grandfather to... walked that far to school one way. <laughs> <laughs> All uphill. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. Zach, you were Nick on the scoreboard. I got to fix that. All right. Here we go. Question number four. On this day in 1947, who gave the first ever televised presidential speech? Alden. Harry S. Truman. Harry Truman is correct. All right. Was he wearing a skirt when he did it? <laughs> it's a kilt. <laughs> <laughs> On this day in 1930, what type of transportation unit crashed in Beauvais, France, killing all but seven people on board, Zane? A Zeppelin. Yeah, a British airship. That Have any of you guys ever watched A Christmas Story? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Oh, my goodness. It's a Zeppelin. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite line, I think, is fragile. Must be Italian. Fragile. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My, yeah. my dad has that lamp in his house. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, question number six. On this day in 1892, what gang who had terrorized Oklahoma primarily holding up trains was finally wiped out by the townspeople of Coffeyville, Kansas? Zach. Um, the Cowboys from Tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> the Val Kilmer gang. <laughs> uh. Brian is incorrect. This is a tough question. It's it's a hard one. Does it begin with a B? Am I allowed to ask? I can't give hints until everyone's answered at least once. Steven? Uh, uh, Billy the Kid and, and his group. No. Zane and Alden. <sighs> and the audience. Y'all have 10 seconds. I'm going to like just Alden. jumble some words together. It's like bardsters or something. I don't know. Nope. <laughs> <Rardsters>. <laughs> Isn't it like, wait, wait, wait. Did you mention this or is it, are they brothers or something? I didn't mention anything. Okay. Zane, you get the last go before I open it up one more time and give a slight hint that won't help anybody. <laughs> I feel like I should know this, but it's not coming to me. Are you going to pass on your first guess? Yeah. All right. The hint is it's the blank gang, and it starts with a D. <laughs> That's what I said, a D. <laughs> the dude gang. <laughs> no, but I like that better. Yeah. Five. Alden. Uh, is it Darby? No. <sighs> Brian, you are incorrect. Hmm. Steven? Durango? Nope. I thought you were going to say deranged. <laughs> the deranged <laughs> gang. There you go. All right. It is the Dalton, Dalton. gang. God dang it. Mm. Yeah. That was the, uh, might be the hardest question in the, whole, in the whole thing. So here we go. Question number seven. On this day in 1919, which future car manufacturer entered his first ever race as a driver? Zach. Ferrari. Full I don't name. know his first name. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Who can? Um, <laughs> I'll just think of a random Italian name. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was gonna do. <laughs> I tried to beat everyone just to guess the. Best I, I mean, I got, I gotta give it to Zach because at this point everybody knows it's Ferrari. Now we're wait, wait, wait. Yes, Emilio okay, Ferrari. <laughs> does, does anybody know his first name? Just say it. I do. What? Go ahead, Steven. Chizzo. Yeah, Alden. Did you know his name too? No, no. I was gonna say Luigi. <laughs> Grumpy Jackie, Jackie, Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan, yeah. Jackie Chan Ferrari. It is Enzo Ferrari. <laughs> oh, um, the the car model, I should have known. Yeah, the car manufacturer. All is right. That Mario? Next question. Question number eight. On this day in 2007, which track Olympian was stripped of all medals after admitting to steroid use? Zane. Oh, why did I do that? <laughs> um, I don't actually know. <laughs> Steven. Carl Lewis. Wrong. Okay. <laughs> it's a good guess. Yeah. Zach. Usain Bolt. Wrong. I'll give a hint know. once everybody has guessed once. Come on, guys. Just name a track star. There's like I nine. was thinking of Oscar Pistorius, but that's obviously wrong for is other it... reasons. <laughs> <laughs> is it men's or women's? I'm not giving any hints, Alden. 
Stop asking dumb questions. You're supposed to I, be answering I, them. Yeah. You're supposed to answer I don't, the dumb questions. I'll wait for the... I don't know track stars, so I don't know. Okay. I'll give a hint. It is an American woman. Mm. Zane. Marion Jones. Marion Jones is correct. Nice. Okay. Nice, 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 nice. The reason I know that is because um, I was... Back when... Um, Back in 2020, when they had to stop filming um, new episodes of Jeopardy for a couple months, they started doing like airing classic episodes. And I was watching Ken Jennings' first ever episode, and the final Jeopardy question on that episode was about Marion Jones. So she's the only American female track star that I know. She's one of the most famous ones of all time, so that would make sense. This is like uh, a with your slum dog millionaire. millionaire. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was just thinking. Yeah. <laughs> And this was, she got stripped of her medals and admitted to the steroid use like years later. So she I mean, had she, years to hold on to it. It's fine. Oh, just wait for the Michael Phelps confession. She is. <laughs> we just need All a steroid right. league. <laughs> or, or just <laughs> allow everybody to, to do steroids. Yeah. Um, number nine. On this day in 2001, which player broke Mark McGuire's home run record with his 71st and 72nd dinger of the season, ending the season with 73 total? Steven. Sammy Sosa. Wrong. Alden. Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds is correct. <clears throat> Let's see. All right. Final question of round one. On this day in 1969, which iconic comedic television series, later developed into films as well, premiered in the UK? Alden. Monty Python. Monty Python is correct. Yeah. How about that? I love Monty Python. I've got to say, this is a good format change if you're trying to stop me from winning all the time. Because you're a speed I, reader. I just know that had these questions been written out on the slide, I would have like five or six points right now. Yep, I think that that was the whole idea behind it, Zane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we tried to about even it. the playing field a little bit. <laughs> okay. It's a conspiracy. After round one, Alden has four, Zane has three, Zach has two. Steven, you got diddly squat. <laughs> yeah, Enzo. You got, you tend to gut in. That's, so. you know what? I was yeah, like, wait, that didn't he him. get one? Okay. Yeah. If, if Zach, if Zach wants to share, then Zach has point, 1.5. Steven has 0. 0.5. <laughs> <laughs> Tiebreaker territory. <laughs> there we go. All right. Next round. Question number one, if I can pull it up on my end. In which year were the first modern Olympic games held and in what city? Zane. 1896 in Athens, Greece. That is correct. Brian wow. Name. Nice. It makes sense that it was Athens. Yeah, that part makes a lot of sense. Originally. That wouldn't have made sense to me. I would have been like, no, that's ancient Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would have said Athens, Georgia, just to be cheeky, you know. Question number two. Who is the only athlete to have won gold medals both in summer and winter Olympics in different sports? Zane. Oh, it's um, it's that guy from Tonga whose name I don't know. <laughs> Perfect. It's really helpful. Yeah. I, I think Steven was next. Yeah. Steven. Yeah. I'm going to go with Sean White. Wrong. Damn. It's a good guess. Good though. guess. Good guess. Yeah. Alden. Michael Phelps. 
He's got his skis. He doesn't even oh. need skis. He just uses his feet, you know. <laughs> Zach. I was going to say Sean White, so I'll go Tara Lipinski. Wrong. I don't know what she would do in the summer. But... <laughs> Here's the hint. He won a gold in boxing in 1920 and a, go and a gold in bobsleigh in 1932. All right, so it's not the guy from Tonga, then. <laughs> Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> Steven. Was it uh, the, the guy they called the Hurricane? The, he's in the Bob Dylan song. I don't know the guy's actual name. <laughs> I don't know any boxers from the 20s. I'm just guessing. You can tell it's old because it's still called Bob Slay and not I know. Bob Sled. I was going to yeah, ask yeah. if this is two different things. Yeah. No, it's just before they started calling it Bob Sled. Yeah. Are we just shouting out or still need to be called on? I mean, just I shout, shout I him out no at this idea. point. I don't care. Sugar Ray Robinson. No. All what year was it? More, you get one more. 1920 and 1932. I feel like Sugar Ray Robinson was like in the 60s or something. Five, four. I have time blindness. Three, two. Hitler. One. <laughs> <laughs> That's Eddie Egan. I didn't know this answer. person existed, so. Sucks, sucks for you. Um. Which country boycotted the 1980 Summer Olympics that were held in Moscow? Zane. The U.S. The U.S. is correct. Oh. I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, turns out I don't know a lot about the Olympics. Cold War much? Ah. <laughs> uh, Racking up 28 medals in total, who is the most decorated Olympian of all time? Alden. Michael Phelps. <laughs> Yes. Yes. He's only been mentioned three I'll times already. I'll just say already. Michael Phelps for every question. <laughs> like. All right. Final question of this round. What was the first year that women were allowed to compete in the Olympics? Zane. Let's go 1908. Okay. Alden. 1924. Okay. Steven. 1932. Okay. Zach. 1916. 2000. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Alden and Zach split it. 1920. Nice. We all just based ours off Alden or <laughs> Zane anyway. <laughs> if he would have gone with 1500, I would have too. So. What did Zane say? <laughs> I said 1908. <laughs> I, thought there were, I thought there were a few sports where women started to be able to compete pretty early, but Wait. I guess few years too early i said uh, 1924 said and zach said 1916 he said 1908 zach said Zane 1916 oh, oh, oh which oh, is oh, funny oh. because there was not an olympics in 1916 because of world war one you know but he was close enough to oh was there not really little known fact about the 1920 olympics it was also the year the olympics started to suck um because <laughs> women were allowed into sports there you go. Yeah. That's why 12 years later, an old washed up boxer won a bobsledding medal. <laughs> He's like, well, if we're going to change the rules. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Round three. Three questions. Three points each. Could we get a score check? Oh, yeah. Let's do that. And what's the topic um, of the last round? Hostile life. Ah, that's right. Um, after two rounds, Alden has seven zane has seven Ooh. zach has 2.5 and steven is still stuck at half a point <laughs> the audience <Yeah>. has zero <laughs> good job audience 
Grumpy Gnome, you're a little late, man. And also, 1978 is way off. Sorry, bud. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually pretty funny, though, given the context of the question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> question number one of round three. What is the name for the practice of hostile guests leaving behind un unwanted or unused items for others to use? Alden. An upper decker. <laughs> oh, yes. let's not get into that. Okay, mm -hmm. Zane, I believe. Littering. <laughs> <laughs> so simple, but so funny. Zach. Free cycling? No, that's a good one. That's a good one. Steven. Gifting. Nope. Anybody else? Alden? Leave behind. <laughs> I'm just putting words together. I don't know. <laughs> anybody? Anybody? Five, four, Zane. Regifting. No, that's good. <laughs> I like it. Three, two, one. Hostile swapping or hostile trading? Mm, yeah. Yeah, if you haven't so, traveled in hostels a lot, then you're probably not going to get these. But I was going to say it's round three. They're supposed to be very difficult. I was going to say Jake will know more about this, but he's asking the questions. Yeah, that was the whole point. All <laughs> right. Question number two of this round. In some hostels, guests are required to complete a specific task or chore as part of their stay. What is this practice called? Alden. Handjob. <laughs> No, <laughs> no, I was going to say, like, turn down the room or, like, turn down the bed or whatever. No, it's a more general term for the other tasks as well. Okay. Yeah. And definitely not the first one. Yeah. No. <laughs> Earning your keep. No. Okay. Oh, Brian broke a bed at a hostel one time. Ooh, it sounds like a good night. Yeah. Sounds like a good yeah. night. Yeah. <laughs> Alden. Uh, clean? No. Zane. Being too poor to afford to stay in a hotel. <laughs> you need to be. It's a prerequisite. You have to be poor. David. Indentured servitude. <laughs> Incorrect. Alden. Um, lock the door? Oh, my gosh. Five, four, three... <laughs> Two, one. It's just called hostile. Hostile duty. duty? Uh, you were close to your first one, Alden. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Final question, and this will tell us who wins because Alden and Zane are still tied. Yeah. This is a number question, so you each get one guess. So make it count. As of 2021, the last year that the data was available to Chat GPT, St. Christopher's Inn. <laughs> In Paris, France, was the largest hostel in the world. How many travelers could it accommodate at one time? Stephen, thirty-five. Zach, five thousand three hundred eighty. <laughs> <laughs> it's a small nation. <laughs> oh my God, Zane, you got to guess. Uh, five hundred. Alden. Oh, so it's basically. <laughs> Over or under 500? 
<laughs> it's basically where we're if at. You, at this if point. you if you don't say four ninety nine or five oh one, you're an idiot. I mean, that's what you have to do. <laughs> oh no, I feel because I was. Oh, I'm gonna go four ninety nine. Alden wins! Oh! <laughs> I didn't go over. It came down to an over-under. Yeah, it's 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 not a uh, whatever that is. Alden wins, y'all. Alden Good wins. Good job, bud. All right. Thanks for thanks, playing. Man. Alden got 10. Zane got 7. Zach got 2.5. Steven got 0.5. And that's the end of Libations Trivia for today, y'all. Let's... Uh, Go back to our regularly regularly scheduled programming. Regular. Regular. Um, we do have uh, a question from somebody who has, I don't think, has commented on our stream before. So what is CBDC? Who wants it's to CBD take coin. One? Who wants so to take this? for central bank digital currency. There we go. Uh, so... <clears throat> Prima facie, you know, at face value, it sounds like a great idea. It's really convenient. You don't have to carry around all this paper anymore, mm -hmm. all these coins. Worry about, you know, is my value going to decrease over time? How do I store this stuff? How do I get it to and fro? You know, what if it falls on the floor and gets dirty? You don't have to worry about all that stuff. You don't have to worry about your dollars crinkling up in the corner of your wallet and you got to shove them down to get them in there, right? You don't have to worry about all that stuff, right? Just let the government do it all, but they're tracking it, monitoring all of it. So it's the track and control system. Uh, Mark of the beast for those religious folks. Um, I mean, that's, that's really kind of how they get you. Well, let's uh, let's pause for one second, Stephen, and yeah. talk about how you use the word fro um, and why don't people use to and fro all that often anymore? <laughs> I don't know why, but that stuck out to me, man. To and yeah. fro. I try and to bring some things back every now and then. Did They're the, back again. Yeah, did the black community appropriate the word "fro" to mean something completely different than than what it cultural was appropriation? Man, yes, because that seems like a really British phrase. Yeah, to and, to and pick fro. My fro, dog. Hold up, that's appropriation, man. I can't handle that. <laughs> I mean, other people can have fro's, like True. Jews, for no, instance. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. You don't. You don't. Me after out in a steamy environment. <laughs> fair. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to the CBDC. Um, yeah, Stephen, keep going, buddy. So it's the it's the, um, it's the federal government control answer to cryptocurrency and its popularity and portability and scalability and all that kind of stuff. It's their way of having uh, their fugazi introduced into the market, and they try to you know coax you into buying into their platform. Uh, so like there's a town in Italy right now, for instance, I think it's uh, Bologna is how I pronounce it. I'm probably mispronouncing it in Italian. Um, but Bologna. Yeah, exactly. If, if you yeah. prove that you're recycling and using public transit and this, that, and the other, they will give you uh, tokens. I, I, I forget what uh, I forget which token they're using right now. That's what I was going to say, Zane. What's that? Yes. Those have value, though. What, yeah. what have value? <laughs> They'll give you exclusive discounts to some kind of, you know, That's you'll so see the local right. concert this weekend, whatever. They'll give you, you know, free bus uh, passes. They're throwing these things at you to try to get you on this train of using their digital currency, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. uh, but the only problem is they are tracking it and tracing it. So let's let's not forget that the linchpin of cryptocurrency is anonymity. Uh, so you, you're in control of your own security. It's, it is secure if you use it, 
you know, so long as you don't give your pass key to anyone else. So I don't, I, I disagree with the anonymity part. I think there are only a few um, cryptos out there that really go for privacy and an anonymity. I think. And the, now Jake is going to spend the next 15 minutes talking about Monero. Ready, set, go. I'm not yeah. going to talk about Monero. I don't care about Monero. Like I'll, I'll have some stuff in Monero, but I don't trust it. Um, just because it's not Bitcoin. Like I, I love yeah. privacy, but there are certain things about Monero that that are scary and uh, not not my favorite aspect of cryptocurrency. And so, like, I don't think the whole thing with with crypto is that it it's um, anonymous. I think it's that it is secure and no one can take it from you. There you um, go. It it's, Bitcoin it, is actually public by default. Yes. So. Yeah. It's pseudo anonymous, meaning if you go through the steps to acquire it anonymously, you can then spend it pretty anonymously. Yes. But it's up to you. Correct. And so the CBDC, basically what's like the CBDC is the end of end of civilization as we know it. It's, it's the end of cash, which is the only truly anonymous currency. I mean, honestly. What's going to what's going to give it rise? What's going to let it grow in popularity is soft men creating hard times. Yeah. So related sidebar. How many of you guys went to go? Because I I lived in Washington at the time, so it was a different world. Hmm. But I went to go buy things during COVID, and I was going to use cash, and they were like, "Oh, oh, we can't take cash." There's still places like that in Atlanta. Seriously? Yep. Okay, because I started to honestly think that that was fishy and this was you know then no, we it, like learned how long it like lasted on surfaces and whatever and i'm like no it, dude it's a big push like yeah I'm, I'm, that companies are, there are many 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 companies in atlanta that will not take cash and they say it in the front of their establishment like oh, and it's, yeah. just the, it's the greater metro area it's not just atlanta this isn't isolated just your your average you know next door metropolis yeah. You know, it's, it's spreading into the suburbs and in rural rural areas. I can't even say that right. Rural Jer. Yeah, there you go. Rural Georgia. <laughs> uh, even some places in there because they just they don't want to pay for a square terminal or anything like that. Uh, yeah. Or once they do, you know, they don't want to have a cash register. Yeah. You know, well, they probably don't want to get robbed. That's well, it. Too. I I honestly am gonna go on a conspiracy limb and say that I'm gonna get us banned, but COVID was part of the CBDC plan is to make people skeptical of cash and then be like, oh, we have this other shiny new thing a couple of years later. Like, yeah, this is interesting. I think that they're related. But. So on on cash, it says this is legal tender for all debts, public and private. So technically speaking, don't businesses. I mean, I don't agree that they should have to take it but don't they have to take it if you're a business in the united states i can um, also if you pay with if you pay with card that's still like it's, u.s money it's tender yeah it's still you would think though but what jake is saying is that if you offer a legal tender that you should have to accept it like yeah not yeah. that debit isn't counted. i'm not, I'm not saying you should have to accept it i'm saying under under what the current laws and regulations are legal purview of currency or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. i mean the what that yeah, the is really shortage. what that's really meaning is that like if you have debt denominated in dollars then yeah. you have to accept that bill you can't be like oh we have this debt but i'm not going to take dollars i will only take you know gold or silver 
you, it doesn't let you do that. But like if you're gotcha. if you have not entered into a contract or purchase agreement yet, you know, if I want to say I'm going to sell you this, but only in exchange for, you know, five chickens, I can do that. Right. It doesn't force you to enter into any deal. It just says if you have something that's dollar denominated, you can't get out of it by saying I will only take you know, precious metals or something else, which right. is what a lot of people tried, try to do when the government uh, has a bout of inflation and everybody realizes that paper money is garbage. And they just but use seashells. Like, no, this is legal currency. You must take it. Gotcha. All right. Um, I think let's the see. worst part about the CBDCD, the CBCD, CBDC, infinitum, whatever there is going to be how they will use it for like social control, like Stephen was getting at. Yes. Yeah. You know, one thing I'll with what Stephen said was that it won't lose its value. I think it may lose its value by design where there's, you know, you might have a negative interest rate attached to your bank account where you have to spend it or it loses value over time because mm. these Keynesians think that if you're just spending money like crazy, that's helping the economy. They mm. don't like savings. Wow. And then it will be attached to being a good citizen too. Like, yeah, you know, maybe you'll currency. get some small amount of money, some UBI for doing menial jobs or whatever. And if yeah. you're a, you know, doing something they find destructive, like buying yeah. guns or buying weed or whatever, then maybe, you know, We've you already get seen it with, automatically. Your your fine is paid without your consent, even. Yeah, yeah. we've seen it with like PayPal and with different like yeah. um, you know people not able to use certain like apps and things like that. And like so, we've already started to see like where if you're you know what was it when the um, the truckers were doing their whole thing and um, they yeah, GoFundMe go fund throws me. all their money. Yeah. They yeah. just straight up stole all their money. Yeah. And I, I think the, I think the, the best avenue now, if you're trying to, to donate is uh give, send, go. That's what I've heard mm. the alternative is, but Zach, those, that was excellent um, point about the negative interest rate, because if you, as long as cash exists, central banks cannot impose a negative interest rate because they know that if they start taking money out of your account, you'll just change all of it to cash. And unless they come into your house and literally mm. take cash from you, then it will always hold its value. Or at least it, it, you, it, your balance won't literally decrease. But if all of your savings are you know, in the central bank system, they can just Manipulate make your account be whatever they want. And if they yeah. want to say we're having an interest rate of negative 2%, then every year they'll just decrease your account by 2% and that'll be that. It's almost like also they they um the WEF the World Economic Forum types have already come right out and said this is not a conspiracy. They've literally said this you can go watch it on YouTube. They have said that CBDCs can be used to prevent people from buying guns and ammunition. Yep. See? Yeah, it literally it's said baked that. In. Jesus. 100%. Yep. Yeah. Brian, Brian mentioned something. Yeah, hang, yeah. On, hang on, Stephen. Sorry. Yeah. Brian asks, are we going to get into the lore of the time when FDR changed the gold dollar ratio and it messed up a bunch of gold? I was just going to mention the gold standard and things like that. And that this is like a scaled version, like an extension across time of a similar kind of a thing when you start no, to take away a completely a different anchor. thing. The gold standard is awesome. CBDCs are terrible. 
No, I'm go. saying, but the CBDC coming in and taking that away from like the cash as like being that physical anchor where like you were saying, you can take cash out of your bank account right. so that it can't be just digital and, and manipulable, you know, um, then well, and that and, is and when, when no, and that's an anonymity with crypto in regards to your transactions not being made public. I mean, yes, they are on the ledger. Uh, right. You know, but the average curmudgeon is not going to access the ledger to look for your transaction. And uh, unless your name is associated with that account, uh, right? They're not most most often, it's just they don't know what you bought. Yeah, yeah, and they don't know so, what you bought. Yeah, all that. Yeah, so you have to be you know incredibly savvy to be able to see that. Whereas, you know, some guy with a badge can just go to your local Dunkin' Donuts and go, "I need all you know the last four digits of every card number you swiped this morning." Right. Oh yes, sir. Oh here, yeah, here you go. You know, and they yeah, can generate the report easy. right there. And it's yep. just yeah. way too easy. You know, no warrant needed, none of that stuff. And that's yep. when all of your transactions are monitored and tracked by the government and therefore controlled, you'll have this ever-increasing list of hostile duties while you live in your pod. <laughs> <laughs> what did that comment say? You'll have an ever-increasing list of people that you have to give hand jobs to. <laughs> <laughs> Brian also Boy commented, exchange. they're going to lure people in with things like free foreign exchange and such first. Yeah, yeah. exactly right. They're or gonna, they're going to say, well, that yeah, like the free hand jobs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, free one, hamburgers more like free cricket burgers. One thing yeah. they'll definitely do like is is be like okay you have a thousand dollars in your bank account you have a thousand dollars saved up um so we're going to give you two thousand cbdc dollars um, right we'll match you or whatever just like. come turn in your dollars you can get two thousand cbdc dollars and so yeah. you'll have more um and you you can start your whole life over again or whatever yeah um, it's it's it, they're gonna do a whole bunch of shenanigans to get people on board with this system it's and they're going to prey on people's uh, tendency to want convenience. They're um, going to prey on that. And uh, how about just people being poor? Yeah. And the person that's incentivized by $200 worth of anything to yeah. make a big transition yeah. in their life that, uh, that you know, principles be damned again. You know, it doesn't come down to that because you're in such a tight spot that you will actually consider it. Yeah. Look at how many people took an experimental genetic therapy for a free donut. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I said a hamburger or a donut, man. It's, it, it, as Bill de Blasio would say, it's the donut factor. Yeah. See? Yeah. <laughs> All right. And we uh, think about no, but, this a lot so, on the... Go ahead, Zane. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, Stephen, talking about you being able to go into the cops, being able to go into Dunkin' Donuts and requesting every single transaction that they've had. That's very true. But just think about how much worse the surveillance would be when every single transaction is through the government to begin with. Yeah. You know, at least when everybody's going through like 20 different credit card companies, 100 different banks, there is no way that the government could effectively um, amalgamate all of that information. Even if they can get pieces of it, uh, they can't like know all of it all the time because it would just, you know, I work with large data sets in my job. Uh, I can't possibly imagine how hard it would be to collect all of that information. But if they just start off with all that information, surveilling everybody gets way easier. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're, let's watch this video real quick. <clears throat> Zach, go ahead and play it because this leads directly into everything we were just talking about. Americans especially had no idea what it was like in the EU during COVID. So we all had, or I didn't because I refused it, yes. but you had to have it in order to 
go to bars, go to restaurants, go in some places even to work, a digital QR code on your phone that other citizens, mind you, were mm. able to scan because they released both the application for the QR code and the application to check the QR code right. to the public. And that was what we had to use in order to get to places. Well, I mean, I know that the, the measures, the, the restrictions were draconian in America too, but most of you guys had a paper pass. And now I'm obviously not encouraging anybody to do anything illegal ever, but <laughs> I know where this is going. there are ways around that. And there are no ways around a digital QR code no. when somebody is standing there in front of the door saying, ma'am, I need to scan that. And that's where we're heading towards because indeed exactly that technology is now adopted by the World Health Organization and will be probably mandated for all of us in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Federalism for the wind. Yeah. What country uh, was it in? The, the organization is also called ID2020. Ah, twenty coincidence. Really? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because they're, is... they're, the, the goal was to give uh, this huge influx of immigrants that's coming down to the southern border, um, give them a QR code, give them a smartphone with their own QR code. And then they give have them their a, own little, Obama little CBDC wallet. They have their, their electronic health records. Yep. All of that stuff, so they can yeah. just be assigned their position in how convenient whatever area they want to destabilize next. Right. Yeah. Yep. What country yep. was it that did the like little chip in the palm thing? The the like uh, passport in the it was like Finland or something or something like that. Somewhere it was Europe. Okay. Like yeah, I'm not sure if it was just one country. I think like you had that option in a few different countries. Okay. Okay. I don't I don't think you were ever forced to do that. I think people no, it wasn't voluntarily. Forced. But it Which was idiotic. It was celebrated <laughs> and it was accepted by many. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is one thing that's so. Put a chip in your hand. Yeah. <laughs> this is one thing that's so sad about you know living in a world where there are states. Because if we all lived in Ancapistan, imagine how awesome implanted microchips would be. But we can't have them because obviously the state's going to use them for all the evil things that they're going to do. Yep. There we go. Yeah, could be cool. I'll never sure. do it. Yours runs Linux. <laughs> <laughs> so all right. back to the CBCDs for one second. Imagine yeah, that that QR code. There had to have been some bar that just didn't do it. If that's the case with CBCDs, they'll turn off their ability to make money. It's like, fine, nobody yep. can spend money at your bar now. That's a perfect link. Yeah, you can't even have a speakeasy anymore. You know? but, then, but then it goes yeah. to trading in gold and silver and precious metals. Yeah, and which would be ideal. Bullets and all the Bring great things. They'll, they'll do it with non-physical locations too. Like Elon takes over Twitter. They're like, well, he's racist, so we can't allow people to buy he's Twitter. American. He can't be racist. And then, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd and be then Elon invents another crypto and they can't do that anymore. I'd be a rich man if we were just to use bottle tops, man. Like let's use beer tops. Okay. That's you currency. Sound, you sound like an alcoholic at this point. So. <laughs> an alcoholic. No libation shaming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Zach, let's go to the next one. There we go. I think is the most powerful man on the planet. It's BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard. These three companies are the largest shareholders of eight 
8% of S&P 500 companies. Do you know how much total money there is in the world circulating? It's around $430 trillion, $440 trillion. They control $66 trillion of the entire world's wealth. So the commander in chief is not who we think it is. It's the CEO of BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street. It's people like Larry Fink and George Soros. They have influence. We've always been like, is it good for a guy like Elon Musk to be as rich as he is? Elon Musk is nothing compared to what these guys are doing collectively together. Yep. Yeah. I agree a hundred percent. You look at this Forbes, you know, top one hundred list, the top ten are farts in the wind compared to the Rothschild family. All right, so there were comments. <laughs> there were comments on this uh, video that didn't pop up on that on that particular. Screen. Oh sure. It said uh, this. This guy said this is very misleading. These companies are the largest 401k holders. They are holding all of these shares on behalf of millions of investors that actually own the shares. Yeah, but they use that money and they invest that money. Yes. So they're well, hold, they're holding it. Right. It's a little bit more complicated than that. I totally, I, I definitely agree that that can be happening, especially in investment funds that are labeled like ESG funds, where they're explicitly saying they're investing based off ESG considerations. Um, so environmental, social, and governments, which is, you know, as Michael Heiss would say, evil socialist garbage. Um, <laughs> but that. Most of that 66 trillion is being held in passively managed index funds. So like you've got the S&P 500 where it's like the 500 biggest companies in the, uh, in the US or whatever. And a lot of these companies will offer these index funds that just invest in those companies and roughly the proportion that they make up the S&P 500 index. And from what I've heard, um, those passively managed funds are currently not investing based off ESG stuff. And if they were to start to, they would immediately get hit with a bunch of lawsuits for fiduciary malpractice. Because if, if you want to be invested in, in into an index fund where you've got all the companies and then you find out actually all these funds are excluding certain companies, then that's a breach of their fiduciary duty and they could be sued for that. So, okay. But even outside not all of, of them are fiduciaries, you know, you got like Vanguard, you know, Vanguard's well known for selling what's called dog funds. Uh, you know, so you get, you get a guy that just got his S seven, you know, he just got it. He just got his license. He's fresh out of school. He's got to get some clients on the hook and all this kind of stuff. And he's going to give you just below, you know, well, your average investor, advisors are going to give you, you know, seven to 10% these days, this guy's going to sell you something at about 6%. And he knows half of this basket he's putting you in is dog crap. Mm. You know, that's, most that's why of, they're called dog funds, uh, but he'll take you out for a nice steak dinner and pump you up and everything. Mm. Uh, most of these funds though are not being managed off the basis of one guy. It's these massive index funds where like hardly anybody's touching it at all. They've got some computer that just adjusts the, the holdings based off of the, the movement of the values of the company and the index that it's tracking. I'm not saying that that never happens, but that's not where most of the 66 trillion is. Or like in 08 when they were all packaged to look better than they were with the whole, whatever the hell is it, the double AA, A, triple A mortgage oh, the, tax the, or whatever. And the, the mortgage backed securities where you yeah. take 
uh, where, where you take a thousand home loans where nobody that are worth much of them are expected to not pay them back but when yeah. you package them together it becomes more likely that at least some of them will get paid back right but then what these people didn't take into consideration is what if the entire housing market crashes at the at the exact same time then they all go to shit like pay them back yeah 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 i mean the big the big shorts one of the best books and one of the best movies of the last two decades like it's so dang good um it's actually it was a huge proponent and me and me and nikki um selling our place in la and buying land in montana was because Mm. of watching the big short and everything that was happening um because we you know big tangent i'm not gonna go down it forget it no that's okay <laughs> i i like the big short a lot and i think i wish i liked i like vice that he made like about that whole thing like i like it as a film more than i like it as like a you know an education on what was going on at that time yeah but he's made some cool stuff but big short but the, i, I like the, the point is though the richest people on the planet are not often talked about you know the average yeah, moron yeah. is going to tell you elon musk is the richest guy on the planet or jeff bezos or Bill right. Gates, you know, one of those guys, you know, but they don't talk about, you know, the Rothschild family that owns central banks that essentially owns the countries that have them as a central bank. Yeah. yeah. And well, a I bank, mean, the central bank is, you know, all kind I mean, it's all interrelated, but that's a little bit of a separate topic than these big asset managers where they're kind of controlling the money, but it's not their money. And if the people could remove it from them, when they felt like it um and one other thing i did hear is that you know the uh, the amount of money that's been invested into explicitly esg funds went way down from 2021 to 2022 so there is reason for hope here and it's not just that so a few really powerful people are investing 66 trillion dollars exactly the way that they personally want sorry right. i know i'm going on a bunch of rants here this happens to be know the the exact field that i work in so i know it's okay it, but yeah exactly well you know the answer to the great reset is the great awakening and uh you know <laughs> the re-reset guys like us talking about this kind of stuff yep the great create what's uh, that uh, thomas jefferson quote maybe jamie can pull it up that uh he's talking about like what he fears more than any standing army is like central banks basically is like the concept interesting i don't know but yeah banks are like what other thing other than banks and governments are just given the capital to like run their well industry Militaries. business whatever well that's government though like sure but yeah that's what i'm saying banks and governments and so are the, the only military things. becomes the government so thomas jefferson says i believe that banking institutions are more dangerous to our liberties than standing armies yeah that's what i'm saying there we go yeah smart dude smart yeah. dude all right, let's pull up. Uh, we got one, two, three, four, five more, and then the funny times. Um, let's try to get through these. Um, I've been tr- waiting to do this trigonometry one. Oh, wait. No, it's not this one, Zach. There we go. Boom. Let's play that. Oh, impact theory. What are some of the things that sound good? All things to all people. Look after everybody. Blah, 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 blah. Sounds good. What if I say to you, your life is your responsibility? It's up to you to make what you want out of your opportunities and the difficulties that you experience. Mm. No one's coming to save you. No one, right? We both know this. No one's coming to save you. But 
It doesn't sound good. It sounds terrible. And so if you have a system which amplifies ideas that sound good but don't work, that is how you end up in the position that we're ending up in. And increasingly, some of these ideas are beginning to clash with reality. You know, and, and that's really the big narrative collapse that I see coming is at some point, these things will get so bad that reality will come and slap us in the face very, very hard. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, man's so, got a good point. If you don't know who he is, uh, it's Constantine. I don't know how to pronounce his last Kissin. name. Kissin, right? I mean, um, I don't know that that's how. I think it's I think it's Kissin. Um, I think it's Smoochin. He's uh, formerly <laughs> Russian. lives in the lives in the UK, um, and he runs uh, Trigger Trigonometry, which is a great podcast. It's all about people getting triggered over things that they should never be triggered over um, right great podcast they were just on joe rogan actually um very oh, recently cool. him and his co-host um but yeah i just thought that was a fantastic little summary of, of it ties in nicely with what we were talking about earlier about like having an emotional response to something that is it sounds good but it is actually either like illogical or incorrect or is going to cause you more more harm than good down yes. the line 100 percent 100 percent um all right, uh, Alden, you're gonna love this one, man. So yeah. Let's uh, let's play this. Five days after the shooting, with no answers oh. being given to the public, YouTube starts banning videos that would allude to multiple shooters in an FBI cover-up. Oh. On October oh, 9th, one of the most compelling ago. and vocal witnesses against the lone gunman narrative, Kimberly Suckamel, dies unexpectedly in her sleep at 28. She had mm. spoken publicly about seeing and hearing multiple shooters during the attack and had made it known on social media that she was organizing a survivor's group so others like her could come forward oh, with no. the truth. I know Here are yes. some of the excerpts from her lengthy archive Facebook post. I know this already. Bullets coming from every direction, behind us, in front of us, to the side yeah. of us. But I know, I just know that there was someone chasing us. The further we got from the venue, the closer the gunfire got. Yep. I kept looking back, expecting to see the gunman. And I say men because there was more than one person, 100% more than one. The first place I remember getting to was a parking lot, and I told Cassie, we need to get under one of these trucks. She turned to me and started her way back to me, and that is when the gunfire got even closer than before. It was right there. It was within the parking lot. Everyone around us was panicking once again. The second place I remember going by was Hooters. We ran toward the entrance thinking we could take cover there, but as we got closer, a stampede of people ran out terrified. We could only conclude that there was another gunman inside of that Yep, and they found bullet casings all over the place in the city. Why would you find casings everywhere if they were all just, you know, sequestered in the whatever yeah. hotel or whatever? So I, why yeah. was the Saudi military doing a training op in the city at that same weekend? Yeah. Yeah. I want this Helicopters to be and so shit. I want this to be the preview for what we're going to talk about next week. So I want to I want We're talking about Vegas? To, we're going to talk about Vegas. Oh. oh yeah. Dude, wait, so you go. can't do it next week. I won't be here next week. Okay. How many weeks will you be here? I'm no, I'll be back after you'll be, that. You'll be back after that. I just got a wet I yeah, I got a wedding this Thursday. Okay. In two I, weeks. I have a guest for us next week. Perfect. So let's do Perfect. two weeks. Okay, okay. In, okay. In, in two weeks, we're gonna be talking about Vegas. Um, because I think there's more and more evidence mounting all the time it's and, been mounted and, it's been suppressed it's, it's been brushed under the rug for far too long and, and by no the way one... the captain of police in vegas at the time of the shooting was the chief in lanai hawaii yeah. or uh 
Yep. Oh, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yes. I thought you were going to say there's a whole other uh, linkage with, oh, man, I need to brush up. I got to get my notes no, out. No, but... Vegas, homeboy moved down to Hawaii, and then that happened. No, but I'm saying mm -hmm. even in the in the currently, like, just within that time within Vegas, the I think it was the the captain of the police was also, like, related to someone that, like, ruled on it. It was, like, his, like, daughter-in-law was also the one that ruled on something in it or whatever. There was, like, a, it's a whole big thing. I got to oh, get yeah. my notes it out. Is. But... It is. And it's Lahaina, not Lanai. Sorry. Lahaina. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, I don't know. So yeah, I just thought that was extremely interesting. Um, the day it happened, the night it happened, I was bartending and I went home and I started looking it up and on YouTube there was a bunch of people's cell phone footage of different spots and you can hear multiple shooters and all kinds of things and yeah. I should have saved them because they are gone now. They're absolutely completely scrubbed. And it was not mass suicide from Jason Aldean's awful music. It was not that. You might but believe. But it could have yeah. been. But it yeah. could have been. <laughs> yeah, that could have no, been a factor, them. but that wasn't all of it. Interesting. Wow. Faking Grumpy a mass shooting, try that in a small town. <laughs> <laughs> Grumpy says there are black helos. That's yeah. interesting. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Since he gonna... mentions that, hold yeah. on. I know somebody who was there. Like a friend of mine's parents were there. And she told me a story. She's like, yeah, and then... Um, Months later, maybe a year later, a helicopter flew over my house, and I was like having severe PS PTSD from that. Yeah, I don't know. That just reminded me of what Grumpy said because helicopter. Like, why would you have PTSD from a helicopter if there weren't right. a bunch happening while you were being shot at? But right, there's videos too that the ones that were aired on TV, they've taken out the helicopters flying over. But if you can find the original footage of people filming it, there's helicopters circling around. All right. Well, Alden, you have a two-week so, project, then find all the info. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do my best. You got anything else, Zane, before we move on? Oh, I was just going to ask um, Alden, maybe this is a better question for two weeks from now. But right. like, if, you, if you're more confident than not than it actually was you know, a, a big op and there were multiple shooters and it was coordinated by the FBI. Mm -hmm. Do you have legitimate concerns about talking on about it on this show? Oh, I've had concerns about it my whole life. Jake conned me into doing this show with you guys and now I'm here and yeah, I, I'm, I'm uncomfortable about it sometimes, but I'm, I'm entering into a new chapter somewhat willingly. Well, I mean, I had a seizure yesterday after the DIS test. And, uh, you know, I'm just con convinced there's nanobots inside me. So I've just got to say what I got to say. <laughs> um, we're going to skip the last three articles, Zach. Um, they'd send us on too many tangents. Um, by the time we get to the end of these, these tabs that I save, it goes all different directions. So we're running out of time. We're just going to get to the funny stuff. Speed and, round. Uh, oh. Yeah. Funny stuff. Here we go. Um, yeah. Anybody else have anything to say before we before we wrap up the regular portion of the night? Beautiful. I would just say the uh, the, the state backed answer. Um, you know, because at the end of the day, we are libertarians, um, and I like to think that most of us do agree with the way our country was initially set up. Mm -hmm. um, now I'm not I'm not squabbling about the Bill of Rights and all that kind of crap. I'm talking about the government framework. Okay, like how the dichotomy of power was distributed, you know, throughout municipalities with checks and, and balances and things. 90% and... of our governance should come from the state <laughs> and local level. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, 90% plus of our, of our governance should come from the state and local level. So if we're going to, if we're going to return to that and 
try to perpetuate mm. uh, this amazing life that we've had, our parents have had, our grandparents have had, mm. even though our grandparents had to fight a couple of wars. Uh, if we're going to perpetuate that, the answer to the CBDC on the federal and even the state level is to have your state legislator pass a law to at least have goldbacks issued uh, mm. you know, or ban the CBDC because a lot of states have come right out and done that. Yep. Uh, so, you know, if we're going to if we're going to take down the Fed, I mean, that's how you do it. You get a plurality of states to pull out of that system, have their own state bank. I know central bank is still a central bank. I get that. But this is a move in the right direction because it's still mm. a withdrawal from the Federal Reserve System. Mm. Uh, yep. So having the state bank issue its own gold backed currency and then we still have you know treaties and unions between the states that have done so, which right now it's looking like we're about halfway there. Uh, as far as I know, I think there's 17 or 19 states that have either passed mm. or introduced legislation to ban CBDCs, have gold backs, have their state run bank ready to rip. So, you know, overnight the dollar fails, the federal reserve keeps doing this crap, whatever yeah. they flip a switch overnight. It's, it's like, you don't even blink. Mm. Um, you don't, you don't really miss a step. You go back to the way things were five years ago. Yep. And, uh, you know, try to start paying off your debts, which by the way, you know, Iceland had their own little revolution back in like 2010. Um, you know, they told the IMF and the Rothschilds and all that kind of stuff. Uh, this number you have tagged to our national debt, we owe maybe 15% of that. So that's what we're going to pay. And yeah. Like, okay. All right. There we go. What, and, uh... and, and their entire leadership went to jail and then they got on with their lives. Yep. <laughs> um, just a little bump in the road. Uh, so, the mini great reset. Yeah, exactly. What, so what Brian, you know, I, just don't, I don't want to end with like all doom and gloom. Like, Oh my God, everything's, everybody's going to die. The dollar's failing. Uh, look, there's enough people having similar conversations that feel the same way that as long as we all act yeah, together <laughs> at the right time, this is going to be all right. I completely <laughs> agree, Stephen. And I love Brian's misspelled word. Call your ledgy critter. Yeah, and tell them you want gold and silver to be legal a legislator. Yeah. We had spent like an hour on the way home from uh, Savannah talking about like the Articles of Confederation versus like you know other whatever yeah. afterwards like yeah. you know federalist papers, anti-federalist papers, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. If, everything. If you like the Constitution, you need to read Lysander Spooner. Yeah, yeah. All right, we'll set you straight, Stephen. Thank you for that, dude. Loved it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Let's uh let's laugh a little. There we go. To combat US right wing extremism. Oh, but I, hang on, let me restart that one. We need to donate one million oh to combat God. US <laughs> right wing extremism. But Texan Johnny G Texas, oil baron and billionaire, says he wants to fix Clooney's little red wagon for that statement. So Johnny has flown to Clooney's residence in Lake Como, Italy, to offer the adjacent property owners double the price for their properties. Johnny then plans to utilize Italy's recent migrant crisis by allowing anyone who wants to to stay in the properties right next to Clooney's. <laughs> in my opinion, he's a big hypocrite, Johnny G. Texas says. Well, this plan is still in the works, but we will follow this story and keep you updated. That's a funny premise. <laughs> yeah, for 
we missed the beginning of it, but basically George Clooney is donating a million dollars to combat U.S. right-wing extremism. Mm -hmm. um, and so this guy is uh, doing the opposite. <laughs> or doing well, if, if I could get a little piece of that, I would probably stop doing the show. <laughs> <laughs> what, what if you could combat the extremism by running to the right of the extremist? <laughs> hey, I get but then you go rolling? so far right that you come left, you know. <laughs> yeah, I do. Do I get for tequila out of this? Like, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next one. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> they put a bunch of airbags under this guy's oh, dorm room bed. Wow. That is gnarly. Now, those were Takata airbags that would be shrapnel everywhere, right? Yeah. Man. I mean, that's funny, but also that dude definitely could have gotten a concussion. Uh, he may even, yeah. Yeah, like, I remember coming home from class one day in, in college, and my front door was a drawbridge. <laughs> and I got back to the door of my dorm room at the same time as the RA, the dean, and a <laughs> cop. And they're all just beating on the door. And my silly-ass roommate is like, they're like, let us in, let us in. You know, this is a fire code violation, blah, blah, blah. He's, State thy name and thy kingdom. <laughs> That's so good. No one shall pass unidentified. That is Hilarious. so dang good. Oh yeah, and God. then finally, they, you know, they, they said the right words. You stand aside, and then he just lets the rope go. It's just plywood, just falls to the floor. <laughs> good night, Grumpy. Good night, Grumpy. Good night, Grumpy. All right, two more, y'all. Two more, and then we're out. This this guy's ingenious. So he's not genius. No need to ask, he's a smooth operator. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I mean, he literally made his steering wheel into a bowl. Into I like a it. That's so legit. <laughs> can hold the only problem wheel. here is that you have to have had the tacos already made and then put them in there. What would be great is if you could put a heat source underneath and also in the steering wheel. Then you mm. could make the tacos while you're driving. Totally. All right. Yeah. Okay. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I don't see any problems with that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was high on pot when he. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, there we go. That's the munchy mobile, man. That, yeah. is, that is true. If he's driving a right triangle, he's the hypotenuse. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's the final one of the night, y'all. <laughs> that's the whole that's literally the whole that's video. it that's the whole video it's, it's just this guy <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect ghosts are so weird i don't know why that made me laugh so daggum hard but man I, it reminds me of the one that's like my goat sounds like will ferrell in distress did you ever see that no. where the goat kind of does a scream and it's like oh and like it's like it really did sound not like that, but it really did sound like that. Uh, you find Will Ferrell goat. What's that? I said then it just cuts the elf. Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, so 
So anyway, thought that was hilarious. Um, yeah. Brian says how he feels when taxes are due. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brian's killing me, man. Imagine yeah. if, if they weren't automatically deducted and we all had to write a check to the government every two weeks. So I am in a position to do that soon here. I'm setting up my own business and I'm, I'm tempted not to, but I don't want to incriminate myself on here. Yeah, tempted is not the same thing as doing it. So we'll leave well, it at that. I haven't decided. <laughs> all right, y'all. For everybody who's still watching and listening, thank y'all so much for tuning in to this episode of Liberty Libations, number 45. Um, we appreciate y'all listening. We appreciate y'all watching. We appreciate the comments and the sharing and everything. It really helps us um, get in the algorithm a little bit more and talk about uh, crazy crap that we like to talk about. Um, crap that I was... a lot of people won't talk about and that we just love to do. You know, I was in the logarithm today. Oh my Ooh. gosh. Goodness gracious. We can't. <laughs> Next time we need to end before somebody says something that's stupid. <laughs> oh, uh, then we just time. have to end right before just a we hard end. end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seems Rock with that joke. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> All right. Well, y'all, um, there was no free Georgia podcast this past week. But there will be this coming week. So tune in to Free Georgia Podcast Monday nights at 8 p.m. Um, and the Wrexham Texan on Friday nights and Sunday at noon. Um, so if you're interested in soccer whatsoever, you should tune into that. Um, I, I can't believe you have an entire podcast just devoted to a League Two football team. It's devoted to a League Two football team. And the documentary series that is being made about the League Two football team. So Ooh, mind I your am. own business, Zane. You're not allowed to watch it. There you go. There's I wasn't mouth. watching it anyway. Shut your mouth. Yes, you were. All right. BDC is cut off. We'll see you. We'll see you next week. Peace. Yeah.